Hit record. Let's just let's just bullshit. I like bullshitting. I'm I no, we're already bullshitting. We're on recording. Oh, we are recording. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. So like I made pod thai last night and then had it for breakfast. Had pod thai for breakfast. I guess you wanted to talk a bit about uh, uh, yeah uh, the news of the week. In my in my opinion, what the news of the week is, mm. which is uh, our uh, dear comrade Bernard Sanders suspending his campaign for for presidency. And uh, yeah, I don't know that that uh, that hit pretty hard this week. That really sucks. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I feel like he was honestly blackmailed into giving up his. Uh, campaign because the Democratic Party was like, well, we're just going to keep sending people out to vote, even though you're specifically asking for, you know, delays on all of this stuff. Just keep sending them out to vote. And if they get sick with COVID and die, ah, that's just what happens. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, like, the responsible thing for him to do it was to suspend his presidency. It was, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah, his campaign. His yeah. campaign, yeah. It's, uh, it was, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Um, and I think it also it w- it was an almost impossible uphill battle by this point, and so oh, yeah. I think it's also I think we'll look back in history and say that that was a good point for him to do that because now in the midst of this crisis, the one possibility of reforming our way out of it is now gone. Oh yeah. No, um, that was our, like, one last shot for some actual, uh, I guess, business-as-usual method out of not just the current crisis, but, you know, the the crisis... Yeah, of capitalism. Of capitalism. The, the, every, the everyday crisis of capitalism, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that has now put radicals in a position where... Uh, you know, where 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 you know we're very frequently the people doing things on the front lines, um, yeah. and uh, you know especially with things like mutual aid organizations throughout the country and the world, uh, and I think that on the other side of this crisis, there are going to be a lot more anarchists and communists and revolutionaries than there were at the start. Yeah, we should at some yeah. point say probably the name of the podcast and who we are, uh, as opposed to just sitting here I mean, doing gloom and doom. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, we don't have to. Uh, anyway, this is the long but, road, and uh, yeah, this is Trevor, and this is Sasha, and uh, yeah, we talk know. about what depresses us every week. <laughs> that wasn't the idea behind it, but um. But boy, we live in interesting times. We do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, so I think I, I think the question that's really on everybody's minds, but it's certainly been on mine, is like, what's going to happen next, right? Um, of course. I mean, you know, the- predicting the future is is fun and terrifying, but. 
and will definitely be wrong. But, uh, you know, it looks like a few states have uh, already hit their peak of cases. Well, their of, first peak uh, of COVID-19. You know, right. If there actually is immunity to it, which is, of course, the other big scary question is that it looks like yeah. there is some reinfection going on. And if that's the case, I mean, if it's like strep where you can just keep getting it if you're exposed to it, then. Yeah. Boy, then, we're going to be hanging on then, to this for a long time. Yeah, well, then, then there can't be any real return to something like normal until there's a vaccine at that point. Yeah. And a very, wi and a very widely distributed one. Yeah. Um, and um, the, I mean, the, the, the thing about, you know, like the, the Bernie Sanders movement has always been, you know, like it's, it's, you know, the whole, it's not me, it's us. It's, you know, we're, we're part of right. this group together. We're all moving forward on this thing. Um, kind of similar mindset as our little like taglines for the, the pod, which is, you know, like it's a long road, but we'll, I don't know where we're going. We're all going to get there together though. Um, yeah. Similar sort of mentality with the Sanders campaign of like, hey, we're all in this together. It's not about me becoming president. It's about us actually making a real, like, you know, social revolution. And well, well, not a social revolution. Uh, yes, he says, a, he says a political revolution. And um, kind of as, as if there's, as if there's a, you know, as if there are non-political revolutions. But, <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the it's one of the many deficiencies of democratic socialism as a concept is the rhetoric it uses really uh, steps away from the more grounded material understandings that we typically have uh, in the radical wings of, uh, of the socialist uh, leftist movement. Um, because like, Bernie Sanders, you know, it was never going to be a revolution. It was not going to be a fundamental shift. Oh God, no, in, no, it was going the, you know, to be in, in the organization of power. Yeah, no, I mean, really, it's like um, the, the best outcome likely would have been some sort of uh, slight policy change, pushing the Overton window back to the left. Um, yeah, most likely would probably have really riled up a ton of Republicans throughout the entirety of the campaign. Maybe as bad as Obama did. I don't know, though. I, I kind of feel like Republicans wouldn't get as riled up about um, having a, like, you know, a self-declared democratic socialist as they did about having a black president. I, I think that was a bigger yeah. motivating force for a lot of the Republican animosity we saw. We, we still see. I mean, it's not right. like it's, not like um, it's stopped. <laughs> for, for maybe particular individuals, but... Uh, you know, as always, it's tools. You know, the, the, you know, the label... Um, is a tool that. Well, I think uh, about Republicans are tools. <laughs> I mean, they are. That's and also, so are Democrats. That's also true. Yeah. Oh, oh, totally. Oh, totally. God, Democrats are the worst fucking tools. They, yeah, like, I mean, one one very good example of this uh, today is we uh, got the we got that stimulus package, which you know. I think the the calculation I saw, but I I can't vouch for it, was that uh, every American gets twelve hundred. Well, not every American. Uh, basically, every taxpayer gets twelve hundred dollars uh, plus some if they have kids, uh, and that uh, the total rest of the package of the stimulus package, though, essentially 
ends up being about eighteen thousand dollars per uh, taxpayer. Yeah, that gets you're distributed to bailout corporations to, that are yeah, you know, multi-billion corporations to um, anybody else but regular people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that seems like the general gist of it is that you know this uh, little tiny stopgap measure that is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's it's using what is a appears to be kind of a UBI style like uh, cash in your pocket sort of thing, but the entire right. purpose is just to bail out banks because you're going right. to use it to pay your landlord, your landlord's going to use it to pay the bank, and the bank uses it to finance American wars across the world. So. And oil pipelines. And oil pipelines. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the two, the two really go pretty hand in hand at this point. They, yeah, that's true. Um, and then after that stimulus bill was uh, passed, though, they immediately went into recess. Oh yeah. As if there's not, as if there's not a fucking crisis going on. Well, they need to socially distance, you know. Well, <laughs> I've got some suggestions for how they can socially distance. Um, they can socially distance into the ocean. Yeah. Um, the gulags into the... Well, <sighs> yeah. gulags maybe, but ocean is preferable. Um, yeah, so they they ran off. You know, they gave a massive handout to everybody who didn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, wrote wrote a tiny check to everybody else so that they wouldn't be up in arms about it. And then... Uh, and then went home. Yeah. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi has talked about there maybe being a second stimulus package, but McConnell has said, no, not interested. Uh, and, you know, as anyone who's watched American politics for years will know, McConnell gets what he wants. Oh, yeah. Fucking so, yeah. Uh, so we're looking at no more, you know, no more stimulus, no, you know, no more uh, supporting however minimal of working people, which, the, you know, and the checks haven't even been sent out yet. Oh, so, and, and they're so in- insufficient to actually, like, cover people's expenses. Yeah. I mean, for the same reason that people who work minimum wage jobs work two minimum wage jobs. And exactly. this is calculated to pay the wage one minimum wage job. But it's like, it's, it's just an ineffective method that... I think a lot of the people who are actually passing this, you know, through are really looking at me and like, but yeah, but that's minimum wage. Of course that's fine. Yeah. That's what all these, yeah. you know, necessary workers are already paid. It's fine. And they're ignoring the and reality it, that we've been going through this fucked up debt peonage system that we live in where your people are taking out, you know, little payday loans to just get fucking by every month. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, no, everything's shut down. Your job is shut yeah. down. The little bit of money you were making is gone. If you're working two jobs, you're working as like a line cook somewhere and a bartender somewhere else. Well, fuck you. You're getting like a check yeah. that maybe covers your rent. Not going to cover maybe. food. Not going to cover uh, medication. Not going to cover car payments. Not going to cover cell phone bills, utilities. Not going to cover nope. all that shit. Might cover your rent. Yeah. And seeing these yeah. folks especially in bigger cities who are dealing with i mean the reality of rent just skyrocketing over the last few years yeah and just like yeah people have already people are already hurting that's the big takeaway from this yeah that i think needs to be hammered every time you're talking to a liberal about this every time you're talking to a liberal dad about it just hammer the point that people were already hurting 
Yeah. This is, this is this is that moment of, you know, come see the violence inherent in the system. We are actually able yeah. now to see like the, the, the veneer has been peeled well, off. We are able well, that's to see it. how it's much that, everyone has been hurting. Some people have been able to see that the entire time. It's, you know, very often I feel like the only people who are blind to any of this are, are you know, left liberals. Um, well, the thing. I wonder how many of the folks... Like, I, I, I've had a lot of conversations, well, a lot, a few conversations with some very right, not very right-wing-leaning folks, but, like, the, the, the banality of right-wing-leaning folks, where yeah. they're just kind of like, yo, I think it's all, st-. it's still, like, you know, it's, it's a couple folks out in Utah who are just like, yeah, no, it's like, it's not that big of a deal, it's just the flu, it'll be, it'll pass, we'll all get herd immunity after a little while, we'll all be fine, why the mm-hmm. fuck can't my kids go back to school, why the fuck do I still have to work if all these people get to just sit on their asses at home and get handouts from the government? And that's really how a lot of folks are seeing it right now. Just like, you know, yeah, well, why are these people getting uh, bailed out when I'm still working my my job? Because they got sent home and they lost their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Pull your head out of your ass. That's <laughs> that's the simple answer. But uh, in many ways, you're never going to reach those people. Um, and in many ways, you're never going to reach... Uh, most liberals, though, though I'm starting to see uh, uh, and understand that uh, many liberals are starting to have some cracks in their worldview. Well, yeah, um, I think which it's like, is nice. Well, I've seen a lot of uh, liberal folks, but actually, especially like Liz Warren supporters, who are just kind of like, "Well, gotta just suck it up and vote for Biden." And the big thing they use as like the way, yeah. the reason you have to suck it up and vote for Biden is because, well, God, look at what's happening in the justice system. Look what's happening with all the judges being appointed. We gotta step in and stop that. And it's like, yeah, we do, but um, you do realize this is a bad candidate, right? And yeah. that doesn't get through to people. And I don't know if it's because folks no. are just watching, you know, MSNBC and stuff like that, and that's just showing them like, well, yeah, look, it shows. It shows when Biden's looking, you know, uh, like I kind think of all, it is all there altogether. I think. Well, I don't understand how you can watch MSNBC and and think that he's all together there. I don't either. And I they, there, there's don't only understand like, it. I mean, I was talking to a buddy there, of mine. There's only who, so much that editing and softball questions can do. But I've got like a, a good buddy of mine who, um, I know she, she for a long time was very right leaning and she's kind of been just like, not, not like very right leaning, just kind of like that kind of ambivalent general right leaning, like family all is pretty right wing. Um, right. She's kind of surrounded by it, and just but she's always been very apolitical. Like, just doesn't give a shit about it. Right. And uh, talking to her uh, yesterday, and she's just like, "What the fuck are the Democrats doing running Biden? Like, he's senile. Like, I mean, yeah. like, people talk like, oh, Trump's senile and stuff, but she's like, but Biden's senile. Like, I've yeah. seen that in my family. Like, that is senility. Yeah. Like, who the yeah. fuck is pulling his strings at this point?" And it's interesting seeing someone who, like, I mean, I, if, for a long time with her, just didn't talk politics because we just disagree on everything. Yeah. And with her to be like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, because she's outside that MSNBC bubble. Right. She's outside of that liberal media bubble, which, I mean, not saying Republicans don't have their own media bubble because you got fucking... Oh, they cert- yeah. Oh, it's so much worse, too. Yeah. But it's just yeah, like... Yeah, it's so it's, much worse. But... And the thing that I think that this... The, the the Biden um, campaign at this point and their reaction toward God pretty much not even their reaction liberal reaction toward the Biden campaign 
has proven, I think, once and for all, that id poll is bullshit when it comes from Democrats. Yeah. Oh no, they 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 totally they will they will use anything. Uh, they have for years they, they, now mocked Donald Trump for being senile. Talked about how they have to have like psychiatrists. Like these psychiatrists looking mm-hmm. at him, like boy, he does doesn't seem. Whatever the, the rule is, psychiatrists aren't supposed to violate where they uh, make a suggestion on someone's mental health without actually seeing them. Right. Like they've been violating doing that it publicly. They've been commenting on it the whole time. And now, I as think, soon as you mention, I think there Joe, should be an exception for presidents. But well, yeah. there should be an exception for public figures. I mean, you should have the same exception yeah. you have for like you know like libel and slander laws. Like if it's a public figure, right. if it's public interest. You really should be able to say whatever right. the fuck you want about them. Well, maybe exactly not, whatever the fuck you want. Not, comment on yeah. you know important social issues or you know governmental issues or just you know the state of mind of people who control the nukes. That's kind of an important thing to comment yeah. on. Exactly. But beyond that, you talk about Joe Biden's mental decline right now and immediately get this, well, that's ageist and ableist. And it's like, don't pull that id poll bullshit out when you've been sitting here for the last half fucking, well, not half, kind of feels like a half fucking decade, the last three well, years telling us that- like, When they're the same party that cut fucking social security benefits uh, in the 90s and got rid of the welfare state that would have supported the very people who are elderly and disabled. But it's not even, it's not even that. It's, it's, you know, these, like, uh, the idea that, oh my god, you know, uh, uh, all, all the gaffes that Biden has where he, you know, says, you know, well, what, what's the thing he says? Uh, uh, poor uh, poor kids are just as smart know. as white kids. Yeah. Uh, or something like that. I can't remember what the actual line he had. That was, was years ago, though. It doesn't matter. It's just ignored. If, if Trump said something like yeah. that, MSNBC would be running it as a headline for a week. This is... Right. Uh, I mean, I but mean, that, the, that's what I mean. It's like, that's the stif- stuff he did years ago, and it is worse now. But that's not even, like, the... Like the, yeah. the fucking terror read accusations where it's like we exactly. I, mean, I, I know yeah. you did I did as like a Sanders supporter when the whole fucking CNN uh, I still think manufactured scandal came out about well some Warren staffer told some other Warren staffer who told someone at CNN that apparently behind closed doors uh, Bernie made an offhand comment that um, Elizabeth Warren could not run for president because uh, in this sexist of a country She's a, a woman. woman couldn't yeah. be president and it was still never yeah. specified what he actually said. Warren never confirmed it or denied it. She just had some staffers. No, she who just said it. used it. She used it. And I think honestly, she thought it was going to be. Like, I don't think it's some like big grand like you know Democrat conspiracy to smear Bernie specifically no. on that thing. I think CNN thought they had a great story to run with, and they made it up themselves. And they're like, "This is going to be great. Yep. Get everyone really inflamed. We'll boost our numbers." Yeah. And they're running the next debates. So they were able to run that shit for a while. But the thing is, what I kept being told as a Sanders supporter was. You have to believe all women. The Me Too movement. We've actually talked about this yeah. since, like, yeah. since Donald Trump's, like, the um, the Hollywood Access tapes came out. Since then, we've right. been talking about how it's like, my God, you have to believe women. You have to believe them because this is what happens. We live in such a sexist society that you get a man's word versus a woman's word, and what ends up happening? Well, the woman gets ignored, and then as soon as actual accusations come out against Joe Biden, the people on the fucking left—not the left, but you know, liberals—are liberals. just deleting their previous Me Too tweets because they don't want to look like they're being hypocrites a deadly politics and they know and they know that they would and they know that they would look that way like it's incredibly intentional oh yeah and uh it's it's meaningless to them they they will they will you like this is a common thing that goes on uh on the the liberal left is that they'll take 
the shadows of concepts uh, that come up in radical politics uh, and, you know, use them as lip service uh, for their own political gain. Um, And then the moment that becomes inconvenient, they get rid of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I, in any case, I, I think that at this point, we're looking at a very probable Donald Trump second term. Um, now, granted, there are honestly, many months before honestly, that election. Know, because, I mean, I, I think, honestly, if, if Biden, like, tomorrow comes out and says, I want Liz Warren as my VP, I think that would get him enough votes. I think he would actually present I, a real I don't contest. Think it would. I think it would. I think that um, there are enough of the vote blue no matter who folks who honestly are just like, I mean, hell, I mean, I'm scared of the judiciary being turned over to entirely Republicans. I'm scared of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, dying from Rona next year and um, that putting in, you know, another uh, fucking Kavanaugh. I mean, there are some really scary Uh things that like do have to be considered because if we end up having, you know, another Donald Trump presidency, we're going to have all three branches of the government with a dictator on top of it. And that, that, that's honestly, we're, I mean, we're close to that oh, right now. Yeah. I mean, the fact we're that... Like a razor edge away. Um, and and that could very well happen even before this next election. Oh, it uh, could. I mean, which it, point, it, I mean, come on. At which what, point this what, what doesn't matter election? anymore. Come on, what next election? <laughs> we're not going to have yeah, an election. Yeah, well... The, the, and, the, they're going to shut down arguably, the country around the election, saying that Rona's really bad. They're going to have, at this point, disbanded the Postal Service. We're not going to be able to have mail-in ballots, even if they've like made them legal. We're not going to yeah. have them sent, because at this point, they're going to have Postal Service for it. Um, so, like, there, there's all sorts of criticism that I'll hear from Americans of, like, the North Koreans have had an election, and you know, but there's only, like, one candidate on the ballot, right? The thing is, is that in the U.S., we have a system that effectively does that, but it does it through, you know, but it does it in our cultural context, right? Uh, in our cultural context of a long history of denying voting rights to just about everybody, oh, yeah. uh, harassing the people who do practice it, making it difficult to do, uh, and using an electoral college system. Uh, to actually award the presidency, but not uh, even that. I mean, but the, the, this is the fact. You know, we do have this two-party system where you know Goldman Sachs is usually the highest donor to both like candidates. I mean, yeah. it's like it's we don't have yeah. actual. We, we have these little, you know, I mean, mostly identity politics issues. Um, for a long time, it was uh, 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 racial rights, and then after a while, it became you know uh, more focused on uh, LGBTQ rights, and that. It, it serves a good point because it allows the parties to be really at each other's throats and, you know, take these hot button issues and get really upset about, you know, like, like transgender mm-hmm. bathrooms or something like that. Something that like is legitimately fucking inconsequential as far as politics should be concerned because people have been using whatever bathroom they fucking want for time immemorial. It's just how people use bathrooms. Like, yeah, pretty I much, mean, you know, not, not to dismiss the very real effect of those laws. Um, and, and similar laws actually being passed in like these times of emergency without anyone noticing, but I think I think the point you're getting at is that uh, you know mean you know while all of that debate is going on, uh, meanwhile 
they, you know, the two parties completely cooperate when it came to economic and governmental management. All right. So, uh, I mean, there's no way I think right now to figure out what the hell this next election is going to look like because it's it, we don't know if we're going to actually have you know the ability to vote whether or not we're going to be able to have you know right uh, for example, some some sort of you know mail-in voting uh, program established right I honestly don't really know at this point. Yeah, well, and it looks and the postal service has said that they're going to run out of money uh, by September. By September. And the Republicans have been trying to kill the Postal Service for years and years. Um, and there are a whole lot of reasons, a whole lot of history behind that. But the fact of the matter is that uh, if the Postal Service goes out of business in September, that is going to desperately hurt tons of people on a material aspect because so many people are having things delivered to them. Oh yeah, it's um, I mean, like it's <laughs> part of life. Right. You get mail in this country. Right. It's not like um, we, it, it, and it's packages, a vital service. The 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 postal service uh, does a huge portion of the last mile deliveries for UPS, FedEx, and especially Amazon. Though Amazon is building out its own last mile system. So all of that aside, though, uh, this is particularly a concern in states that rely heavily on or rely only on. Uh, mail-in ballots. Uh, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, uh, California relies heavily on it. Um, yeah, a bunch of like you know, in theory, pretty left-leaning or liberal-leaning states. So- solidly in the Democratic blue in, states. You know, yeah. blue states. And yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and again, like, like the 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 fact that you know the. It's, again, the, the 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 mask is slipping. The facade is falling. We we yeah. do have these uh, Republican folks coming out and saying, "I mean, God, the fucking president said it." Like, well, if we let everybody vote, Republicans aren't going to win. Right? Yeah, they all know that. Um, and we currently, uh, the most recent news on this is that a uh, essentially a Republican, or they're not in the party, but the Republican Party operates so much outside of the party. Um, well, what do you mean the party operates outside of the party? Um, most of the work for, uh, for conservative governmental practice happens outside of the Republican party. So, yeah, okay. It's private donors. Um, it's the Cokes. It's stuff like that. It's, it's well, you know, these... I'm also talking about the, um, the theoretical work, the writing of the bills, because, uh, because the federal Congress is not, the, you know, not the only legislature controlled by Republicans. Right. Um, you know, and even though the House is majority Democratic, the Republicans still control that, you know, control the Congress because they decide what gets passed or not. Right. Um, so, I mean, we've we've known for a long time about ALEC, right, as an organization where they write these model bills usually for incredibly reactionary and destructive things. Yeah. And that's just one example. There's a whole ecosystem of think tanks and... Uh, and conservative movement organizations that do a lot of the actual like theoretical work and work on the ground for uh, the Republican Party. So the most recent example of this, and I don't have the information up for me, is one of these think tanks was getting together to talk about um, using veterans and off-duty police officers as poll watchers for the Republican Party. Okay, 
So what is that going to look like? I mean, you're talking, you're talking um, about veterans. So that, I'm thinking, like, does this mean we're going to have militia folks stationed outside of these polling places with U.S. government backing? Or in them. Who are going to stop, you know, probably brown-skinned well, folk and ask them to show them their papers? Basically, yes. Uh, and this practice was illegal, uh, in fact, and it has recently become not illegal because I, I believe it was a New Jersey federal court that allowed the... Um, uh, that allowed the uh, uh, so so it, it was a point at which the court took that power for itself um, to tell the you know to tell the government that it wasn't allowed to do this thing and it maintained that power I think for uh, like ten years um, okay. to you know had direct oversight um, and uh, a New Jersey court uh, decided uh, not to renew that oversight. So now, so now, you know, conservatives and Republicans are going to start doing it again. Um, okay, I mean, um, so yeah, like there's, so there's looking, precedent that uh, I guess it doesn't fucking matter. That's the big precedent thing. doesn't it, fucking matter. The thing is, it doesn't matter what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's the we keep coming back to is shit where it's why it's so hard to predict anything going forward. Why we still are really right. in this absolute terra nova with both just the levels of. Uh, open-faced corruption going on in this government. Right. And, and I mean, by this government, I mean from from the head on down. I mean, the fish rots from yeah. the head, of course, but you see it still mm -hmm. like every different, you know, all these different like yeah. governors that are just and a bad apple ruins the ads. barrel. Yeah, yeah, and I get something we keep talking about a lot on this is you know what won't save you. <laughs> Or what won't save yeah. all of us. You know, um, um, and, and the answer is probably nothing will save you, um, except for maybe uh, your friends and maybe your family and people you work with on uh, and coordinate with and organize with. Um, those are frequently the only people you can rely on because you can't rely on the government or the state uh, to protect you, which many people in this country have known forever. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's really just a new realization uh, for people who have lived with a lot of privilege, and suddenly that privilege is being challenged um, by the very hierarchical system that gave them that privilege. Not entirely. Um, you know, well, I also that feel privilege we've really still been remains, seeing but is um, this sort of across the board. Um, I don't have a good word for it, but this this dumbing down of ideology from Republicans. Um, I mean, liberals are the exact same. They haven't really changed much. They haven't gotten much worse. It's, still, it's the thing is they're still pushing this like id poll stuff because it's worked in the past. And they're going to keep pushing it because that's what they think they need, and and, mm -hmm. and, and selective id poll. It's it's not their, their just version their, of it. They, well, they I don't mean, care. But I think it's the thing is like they don't yeah. care about it. Um, I mean, it's but they pretend. But, but let me they they pretend that they are applying this um, id poll ideology evenly. They, they, they really do pretend they are, and they believe they are. And you talk to liberals, and they're like, well, yeah, like, you know, all these like, smears against Joe Biden with, you know, Terry and stuff, it's all this, you know, Russian propaganda, stuff like that. But uh, we do have to hold people responsible for it, and we're being, like, ideologically honest with ourselves. It was the right thing to do to get rid of Al Franken from the Senate. It was, you know, uh, the yeah. right thing to question Bernie Sanders' uh, policies on women, even though that still always is, like, what are you questioning? Um, yeah. And they have a very hard time reconciling the fact that they are being hypocritical when it comes to Joe Biden. They have a very I mean, hard cognitive time. cognitive dissonance. It is. 
But the thing is, the Republicans have no problem with that. They are oh, happy, no. they're happy to just say, well, yeah, we support our guy. We don't support your guy. And they, they I mean, across the board have been very okay openly saying that. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah of course we're going to defend Donald Trump. He's our president. Like, why, why, why would we not defend him? And they are able then in a kind of a better – argument position to point at the democrats and say hey look they're the hypocrites they're not even addressing it we're at least addressing it with our guy and yeah again it, it's allowing the republicans to get the upper hand as far as like you know id poll goes and it's just yeah i, I think it's i think it's important to note that this is a version of identity politics that is applied by liberals and conservatives that is distinct from identity politics as it grew up in radical traditions. Well, no shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, sometimes you just have to be clear and and uh, and like say it um, that identity politics uh, in radical traditions uh, is far more expanded, and there's a lot to it. Um, and as with any. Uh, ideological or philosophical setup. Uh, there's some really good things that have come of it, and there are some things that still need to be figured out or maybe criticized or worked on. No, no um, I'm not but, saying identity yeah. politics as a whole is a bad thing. I mean, I think of like yeah. you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, where you have this very distinct issue that disproportionately exactly. affects a specific people group of people with a specific identity, like young right. black and brown males. Yeah. And what you end up having with that is that, you know, we had, uh, what well, was in 2016, there was, uh, I remember pretty well publicized, a Bernie Sanders rally where it's like these uh, Black Lives Matter protesters came in, took the, took the stage. There's a picture of him standing off the side, like head down. And it's clear he's out of his element. He doesn't quite know how to yeah. actually, you know, uh, engage in a way that won't see as him taking the stage away from these activists who are really pursuing what is an identity-based political agenda. And he, I think, recognized he wasn't part of that identity, and he didn't have a place to speak there. And uh, after that, he ended up getting more uh, black support from like more notable members of like, especially like uh, rap community stuff like that. And um, I, I think like yeah, Killer Mike is one of the big ones that always keeps uh, yeah. meeting with Bernie, talking with him. Um, yeah. And you know, Killer Mike like great fucking uh, community organizer down in Atlanta. And so it's like there actually is yeah. some like there there is this real side of identity politics and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about id poll yeah what i'm talking about is just this idea of it, it, it's the women's march it's you know yeah we are all yes. upset about yes. this so we're all gonna put on the pink hats we made at home we're all gonna march for one day and my god that'll show them yeah and there is no movement beyond that the me too movement was a real no. movement it was a real thing behind that yes Yes. But that specific march and that national mobilization, it was just kind of for a photo op. It was kind of for solidarity. It just makes everyone feel well, a little better. It's aesthetics, which is really what liberals think politics is. Yeah, I mean, I think they see it as aesthetics, but also they see it as, well, if we look really good, then we have the high ground and we can attack the other side for their failings. And yeah, but they think attack is that they get to criticize. Well, that's, which, that's, that's liberalism. You just criticize your yeah. opponent, and then you say you won. It's, yeah. Uh, um, it, it's and then you lose elections. Throughout, well, it's a lot of things we've seen throughout the elections. You know, <laughs> like this idea that, uh, uh, oh, well, Donald Trump, like, uh, Clinton had this against Trump. You know, like, well, Trump's just being mean. He's not playing fair. He's just rude. And turns out that doesn't win you an election. Pointing at the other side and saying, well, this guy's kind of a dick doesn't win you an election. 
No. Uh, and this idea, like, with, when Biden is bringing fucking nothing to the table except, well, hey, I'm not Trump, it doesn't win you an election. You have to have policies. You have to get people engaged. You got to do something to make people feel like they actually have their voice heard. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree in the context of of winning elections, but ultimately, uh, almost all politics fall outside of elections and outside of governmental action, I would say. And so it's also taking place in this very limited, limited understanding of, of the role of politics in a society. Uh, and we live in a society. I, that's what people tell me. Uh, but I, I think it's also extremely important to note that um, almost all of the political work that got us a slightly better society that we have today than we did uh, was the result of regular people organizing uh, in their communities and uh and with each other uh, across, you know, across state lines and, you know, across uh, countries' borders uh, through history. So, um, and, and to me, that's more where my thinking has shifted now, is that uh, Bernie Sanders has dropped out of this race. And we could go on, and, and we will surely talk more about the hypocrisy and the, and the moral uh, you, you, you promise? Yeah, it, you, you promise I can complain more about Joe Biden and the failings of the Democratic Party? Because boy, do I want to. I promise. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I think it's also we have had um, a once in a lifetime, uh, a once in a lifetime kind of crisis that has suddenly stopped the fundamental. Or, or stop much of the fundamental underpinnings of our society, which is uh, the the labor relationship, right? Um, that oh no, this has made the class divide pretty fucking stark. It's made it incredibly stark, but it's also meant that there are now a lot of people at home with time on their hands who before that never had time on their hands. Um, and and, and they're, so, they're focused on the news. That's the other thing. It's, it's, it's yeah. a lot of folks who are at home who are paying attention to the news yeah and that's um, something we haven't had we've had a lot of people who i mean of course there are folks at home watching tiger king and um and that's a good thing i think it's important yeah. to watch um uh you know specials on um uh crime ridden meth tiger cults i haven't seen the show i have no idea i um, <laughs> i barely know, what it know it is. from the memes I, it's <laughs> It's an opportunity for people to, I mean, there's a huge amount of anxiety around it, right? No matter what. But it's also an opportunity for people to get a bit of a taste of what life could be like if we didn't have to work as much. And... Well, I mean, I think like one of the big know, things so, is almost everyone I know is working from home right now has the same uh, the, the same kind of reaction of being like, I'm right. getting all the work done and I have so much extra time. Yeah, it's almost as if when I have like my ability to kind of you know self-regulate my time and can take a break and go for a walk in the middle of the day or uh, yeah. pull out an instrument and just play for a little bit or something like that, something to kind of just decompress. It's like, well, yeah. shit, I get a lot more work done. Yeah, and I, you know, and yeah, I I think that's very true. Um, 
when when I look at it, it's also not even about the amount of work that gets done. It's more about the uh, you got that work done, and then you can just do like you have time. I mean, you still have to pay attention to stuff. You still have to like check the emails and whatever. But uh, I think it's a real demonstration to a lot of people who didn't really know it before or um, or feel it at least that the economy we were working under uh, it was a farce. It was a farce. It was a lie that we don't actually have to work uh, that much. Well, not only that, um, I think just like the idea that we've seen a pretty, I, I'd say pretty historic recognition of these minimum wage necessary workers, where there are a lot yeah. of folks who work these very low paying jobs. And it's like, yeah, this is actually like what we what what, are, what everything's built on top of. <laughs> right. I mean, it's uh, that has been really good. Uh, I also think that uh, it, it's also where we run into a problem with um, th- there's a limit to what awareness can achieve. Um, awareness is very useful, but uh, a political movement can't be built on just raising awareness. And I'm not accusing people of doing that. Um, no, so the question is, there's a political we, movement raising awareness. I think people just are becoming aware becoming, of this stuff. I think that gives good fertile ground for political movement yeah. to take hold. Um, I mean, there's been some political activity to push the raising of that awareness. Oh, uh, yeah, we're all going to go out and clap for grocery workers. Yeah. Um, so the next step then is uh, looking at it critically and saying, okay, well, those same workers are like still low paid. Like some of them have gotten raises, but a lot of them haven't. They're still being forced to go go to work and don't have the proper protective equipment, um, and th- and that's all been you know talked about and and reported on. Very you know there, you can go and find it. It's easy. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of it out there, uh, and you know some grocery store workers have uh, threatened strike actions in order to get those. Oh, well, I mean uh, Amazon and uh, Whole Foods and yeah. Instacart. All those workers went on strike for a brief right. bit. Um, so and I immediately saw a bunch of uh, scabs crossing lines trying to get jobs during then. <laughs> but I mean, at a certain point, there are people who are struggling yeah. and need well, to pay their fucking bills. And it's like, which, well, hey, Amazon's hiring right now. Which like, is a sign of the future we're headed into. So mm-hmm. as the bulk of this crisis comes to an end, uh, probably around mid to late summer, um you're suddenly going to have a very large population of people who have no jobs, but still have to pay rent and bills. The evictions are going to start. Um, and the, the state and the, and the political classes, uh, the, you know, the, the elite political classes are going to try to do as much as they can to return to normal and to tell people that that is what we want. And what's the thing? I, we're going to get this massive societal gaslighting going on. We're going to have oh, everyone God, telling yeah. us normal was great. Normal was working. Mm-hmm. We don't need some radical change. We, and that's, that's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the Biden presidency in a mm-hmm. nutshell. The Biden or, campaign in know, a nutshell. It's, and everything you're was see working it, just fine. It's just Donald Trump. He just threw a fucking wrench in the gears. Yeah. But, it, you know, and that's on the the explicitly political side, but there's also uh, the very implicitly political side, right? The American society is one of the most propagandized societies to ever exist, not only because of, like, Fox News and MSNBC, but because of advertising. Well, not even that. I mean, um, we, just ha- we live in a, such a propagandized 
like our the history we are taught is so propagandized the american exceptionalism I, that is just part of our like national ethos is so propagandized we have I, this yeah, I idea agree. that we are just like we're the best of the best and um, we can see yeah, right but, now but, but that we're the country with the highest level of coronavirus because we are clearly right. not the best of the fucking best no and yeah we're not what when i mean like most propagandized what i mean is that the sheer amount of propaganda that is out there and i don't think that people really uh normally think of everyday advertising as propaganda but that is what it is um and it is also political propaganda uh because of its implicit message which is that your role is to be a consumer um Ooh, so we're so going I, to, I know I know I've brought up Robert Anton Wilson in the past, but it's one of my favorite little like brief bits of the Illuminatus trilogy is talking about how uh, there's this 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 keyword that is uh, inserted in all these newspapers that induces this sort of uh, irrational panic in people. But the oh. only pages <laughs> that don't have the word on it are the advertisements. Yeah, um, I mean, like. That would work for the word terrorism. Oh, and honestly, it works um, for communism or for terrorism. There, there, there yeah. are, I mean, the, the word he uses for it is FNORD, F-N-O-R-D, which yeah. is something that actually pops up. Actually, like a lot of programmers picked it up for when there's just something that's not working in the code. You don't know why. You type FNORD in. <laughs> um, it's just like a little placeholder um, of like, something's fucked up here. We don't know what it is. But no, there are, yeah. there are, there are FNORDs so, in society, and you can see the FNORDs, and it is the words, yeah, terrorism, communism, yeah. uh pandemic honestly is one of them which is why right. the who it is, now. is so reserved from calling it a pandemic at first because they yeah. don't want to so, use that word so we have this you know the largest propaganda machine that's ever existed in the form of commercial advertising um and so what we're going to see as part of the political gaslighting is uh advertising and commercials and and this wasn't my idea other people have uh predicted this uh are going to start uh selling products based on a return to normalcy and a return to uh the idea that your political role in this society is to be a consumer well, i mean after 9 11 uh, george uh, w bush told us all to go out and shop yeah so you're going to see commercials about, you know, buy this one big product, and that's going to be the thing that makes you feel safe and secure at home. Well, I think, um, that, I think we're going to have some, like, you know, post-Rona, like, celebrations. I imagine if we do have, like, you know, stuff uh, relatively calmed down by, say, like, Thanksgiving, we're going to see all yeah. these ads of, like, families hugging and holding each other and being, right. like like you know really savor your family this year so like that's some of these kind of like very yeah. emotional pleas of like listen like we've gotten through this all together it's been a really hard year yeah. but we've all survived and now we can all celebrate with, yeah and uh, it's you know budweiser a, and uh nfl and yeah and it's uh, such a sheer disgusting use of of the very real trauma that so many people are going through which is their inability to be in contact with people they uh they love and care about um, so we're going to see a lot of preying on that traumatic experience that people has had in order to sell more products and return to a sense of normalcy. Um, meanwhile, there will be unemployment up to 30 percent uh, and no new jobs. And so that's going to go back to that scab problem that you were talking about with like Walmart and, and Amazon, that when you have 
that many people who are unemployed, um, scabbing is not even a... It's not a negative thing at that point. It's just survival. Yeah. And that's the hard part. Um, is that Normally, it's something that is something that is very easy to be judgmental about. It's easy to say, like, yeah. hey, you crossed the fucking picket line. Do not do that. But now it's like, yeah. well, yeah, you crossed the picket line, but my God, you got to buy food for your kids. Right. Like, what are you uh, going to do? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and so as, as radical um, political, you know, organizers or activists, we need to start looking at that new potential, very likely reality and figure out how we are going to respond to that. So we know we're going to have this massive gaslighting. We're going to have this awful, shitty fucking election. Maybe we will. Um, maybe we will. Yeah, maybe, maybe we, won't we have will. An election. Uh, and it's hard to tell fully what the state response is going to be uh, over the next few months, though there are some pretty good indicators of what that might look like. I mean, I think one of the big um, things we're seeing right now is the fact that we do have um, what appears to be FEMA, some sort of federal agency coming in and seizing uh, medical supplies from private like orders from hospitals yeah i mean taking ppe taking ventilators and right it's not clear where this is going where it's being redistributed to i mean the, the uh, la times right. did a phenomenal article on this some really good investigative journalism of them going to these uh hospitals who are saying like we ordered you know a, a bunch of uh you know n95 masks like a couple thousand n95 masks they showed up and these government agents showed up and said no this is ours and took it and left and we don't yeah. have them for our hospitals now and what it seems like might be happening is that this is getting put into some sort of like a PPE ventilator medical supply slush fund that is being fed from the White House to uh, governors and states that make Donald Trump happy and yeah. just getting it to him and making it like you know, making them making these Republican governors look like they are really handling this shit well because hey look they have all the ventilators. They must be handling right. it well. And so we're going to see an election that's going to be pretty heavily bought, I think. Um, and, but also what you're going to be seeing I is mean, you're going to see some real dissatisfaction with the federal government. Because there's going to oh, be some... It's there. I mean, my God. Like, I, I'm surprised there's yeah. not, like, calls for and secession coming out of California. Like, I think California I mean, is, like, in a pretty good spot to really start talking about that and... And fuck if they do. Maybe. Boy, Texas Maybe. is gonna go. <laughs> if that's if that's if that if that's even the if that is even the paradigm that they'll operate under, I think for for the longest time that uh, the political elites of this country uh, and the political parties and and a lot of the regular people who support those parties don't really understand the very real powder keg that the that this country is that they're sitting on, um, and that, I think they have no idea. And that they are showering it with sparks, and it is only by the grace of God, if there is one, which there isn't. Happy Easter. Um, <laughs> uh, that it has not exploded yet. Um. So, you know, and that gets and and that gets back to how are we going to you know operate as as individuals working with each other on the ground and. Uh, particularly faced with unemployment and mass evictions, um, and I think we're going to see uh, we're going to need some real uh, 
talking to people about what squatting is, how that works, and talking to people about uh, redistributing resources among ourselves because the government isn't going to do that for us. And I've seen, I'm following a bunch of mutual aid groups on Facebook because it's actually interesting to see. It it provides a good um, analysis of where goods are in town. Uh, where folks are kind of helping route other people to. I mean, you, pretty, you see pretty constantly people being like, hey, this store right here has blank. Uh, this store right. here has like hand sanitizer or um, yeah. toilet paper. Although that's getting to be yeah. less of an issue now that people have realized and, they have a, a year's supply of toilet paper at home and don't yeah. need more. Um, and I, and and when it comes to those uh, to those sorts of supplies, uh, I think that we've also seen a very uh, large shift toward. Uh, Tons of people realizing, oh, we can actually do a lot of this medicine ourselves. Like, we can make personal protective equipment. Is it as good as the N95 mask you're going to get from 3M? No. But it fulfills the job it's supposed to. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, the fact that there are uh, fabric stores in a lot of cities that are just like, we have pre-cut kits with instructions on how to sew these masks. And we'll right. give them to you. And it's not just, like, for you and your family. It's like, we'll give you a box of 50 of them, sew them, right. bring it back to us, we'll sterilize them, get them to a hospital. Um, yeah. The fact that there um, are these massive, like, 3D printer, uh, like, the making the PPE visors, there's, right. like, like, these kits that are basically come out that are, like, just... People are like, who are like, well, I have a 3D printer and I'm bored for a week. I'm going to print 500 holders for visors. And just like right. that, just, we're learning um, how to open source medical care in this country in yeah, a way that and, we have not seen. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've seen that with like sanitizer as well. So most hand sanitizer has to get certified by like, I think it's the FDA for being like medically usable. But for the rest of us, that doesn't really matter quite so much. Um, so you've seen lots of like distilleries and breweries uh, start to produce hand sanitizer. But people oh, yeah. can also do that at home. There are instructions online to do it. And if people are interested in learning how to do some of this distributed uh, medicine uh, production, uh, an excellent resource is the Four Thieves Vinegar Collective. Oh who yeah, are doing work like <laughs> those guys are great. Uh, Love them. Yeah, yeah. Before. Yeah. No, yeah. Those, I, they're, you know, they're even phenomenal. right now, I'm just looking at a document they've put out on COVID nineteen and how you know and how to do it. You know, it's got instructions for, uh, and you know, and and. Uh, an oral uh, a recipe for an oral IV basically so they're not telling you to go and you know put put a needle in somebody but they've got instructions on uh, a good recipe to hydrate people um, re- you know rather than just drinking water um, so uh, there are a number of other really good uh, resources out there um, about keeping healthy how to treat uh, how to treat these uh, uh, symptoms that people have. And because that's the other thing that is being ignored is that people will have to be taking care of themselves and the family members and friends in their own homes. Uh, And in many ways, they'll be taking on uh, the greatest burden for caring for COVID-19 patients outside of the hospitals. Yeah, so uh, the regular people's response and activists' response to this crisis, particularly when it comes to um, medicine, I think is really fascinating. And it's I, it has the possibility to provide a framework for how we can build something better. Uh, during a crisis is a really hard time to build 
you know, so, you know, so solid organization with all the supplies you need. Um, but it also brings in a lot more activity and people who are interested in doing it, which we've seen with like the, the mutual aid organizing and also, you know, all over the, uh, all over the world. Um, and yeah. so I think it will be, uh, I think we'll have a good organizing opportunity uh, in the future, especially with so many people who will have a lot more time on their hands uh, to organize uh, medic trainings uh, so that we can have a more distributed, uh, like, more distributed, like, have more people who have actual medical skills. Um, because many people are afraid of going to the hospital, don't have access to health insurance, have lost access to their health insurance because they lost their jobs. And, and so they're left having to read up on resources on their own, which is good, you know, to a degree because people are becoming a little more independent that way. Uh, but, uh, there's no real, there's no real, uh, response at this point. And, and we can't expect it from activists right now, um, to, Tons and tons more people not having access to healthcare than than didn't have access to it before, and so uh, in addition to spreading but, but the it's knowledge, also, it's, it's a huge. It, it is a monumental jump going from I'm helping print, you know, uh, PPE at home on my home 3D printer to I'm going to set your arm. Yes, that is that is uh, that is a huge jump, and they're also different skills, um, and so. Different different people will will uh, gravitate toward different uh, roles in it, but but I don't think that we're going to have something that's going to replace like, the existing medical system and the existing schooling system for that and the uh, the hospital superstructure that we have right now. I don't think anything's going to no. replace that. No, and I feel like this is just going to be something that is more of a. I mean, uh, honestly, like uh, focusing on the the medical side of like kind of this community uh, self reliance. I I think. I think it actually kind of shortchanges the, uh, the 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 real positive of that, which is just creating these self help networks, right? Or community help networks, people actually are uh, working together to uh, to, pro to, uh, to learning how to provide something for themselves right. that they normally only get from the outside. Yeah. Not just medicine. But we're going to see that probably soon with right. food. If we start having any kinds of like food shortages due to climate yeah. shortage or climate uh, uh, catastrophes, yeah, if we start seeing you know massive droughts like that. We're going to see a lot more people with like probably subsistence farms. They're going to start digging up their lawns and planting crops because right. that makes sense to do, and we should have been doing it for the past you know ever. Yeah, I I, like that. I these, agree. These networks like, uh, and these these connections between people that's be that is, is being built in a crisis to help with the immediate needs, which are a lot medical, very right. medically focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't meaning to, to talk to, to say that that work should happen to the exclusion of other work, but I No. Yeah. But, but, but the need, but the need is going to increase. I, I guess that that's my point. The need for, um, for, uh, access to healthcare that, uh, the need for access to healthcare is going to increase as a result of the coming depression. Uh, the need for food, uh, you know, for food that you don't have to pay for, um, is also going to increase. Already has 
uh, with massive, massive lines to food banks who are running out of food. So I, I absolutely agree with you that uh, that this sort of development of distributed medical knowledge and production is only a part of the the necessary response uh, to this uh, to this shift in uh, yeah to, to to this shift in power that's happening right now yeah and that's I think what it's one of the I don't think it's a positive outcome I think it is an uh, it, it always was an eventuality whatever big crisis we had to face next, whatever like real existential crisis we faced, when it hit the, the structures that existed, you know, the, the current uh, political systems we have, the current uh, capitalist structures we have built are all going to crumble. I don't think that's like a, yay, it's finally happening. All the people talking about like, you know, the, the horrible we are the virus shit or just even even people are more responsibly pointing out like you know yeah hey look how great la looks without any smog maybe the capitalist system we live under is actually really hurting the environment those are all positive realizations i think we would have had <laughs> yeah. anyway no shit uh, but um, I think, of course yeah shit like we yeah. like, like we, we understand we see that and we're like yeah no shit like of course like these things yeah. are always there and I don't think it's right. like, oh, yay, the coronavirus has shown us this. It's like, no, no. whatever catastrophe no. was going to come was going to yeah, peel back the facade. And so right. now we're seeing the, the failings exposed very vividly for everyone. And the, the crumbling of the power structure, I think, is going to have some real effects when it comes to like states interacting with the federal government. Because right. what we're seeing right now with um, yeah the the LA Times piece that came out talking about the uh, federal government seizing ventilators and PPE that's being ordered by hospitals, and you I think I believe it yeah. was Massachusetts that had um, they actually had like an NFL team bus that they loaded up with PPE and transported across the city using National Guard to protect it from the federal government. And, and if, if this and, and I, <laughs> I, I, it sounds too crazy to like I, I, I want to still find more better verification for that because I've heard it from a couple sources right. online it's like yeah, I want to see that better but it's like but if we are talking about the governors of states using the National Guard to keep necessary life-saving supplies away from the federal government that's hoarding it and giving it to just their allies boy we're fucking close like we oh, are close yeah. to seeing like God, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I could see California seceding, like doing a big push for that. I, mean, I could see that as a populist push out of like South uh, California. Like I could see that. I haven't it seen could it, be. but I see that's something that is a possibility. I think, yeah, I, I think it's a possibility. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways it could shake out. Um, that I. Yeah, I, I guess fund, fundamentally, um, the you know with with the pandemic and with the coming depression and with Bernie Sanders uh, dropping out of the Democratic primary, the likelihood of this country falling into civil war uh, increased. Um, by how much is hard to tell. Uh, that it, I just I don't think it's a significant likelihood at this point. Um, you know, I don't want to like fear monger and, and say that, oh, yeah, you know, the civil war is coming. Uh, that's not true. I don't think. Um, yeah. But, well, I, I, yeah, but I, I think by, yeah, but I think that in saying it, 
um, I mean to demonstrate the the like the structures of power and how uh, in some ways they're receding uh, in our society and and you know other people are coming in to f fill that role where the where the government used to and we're also seeing like you're talking about this uh, conflict between state governments and the federal government which is like historically that that's how the last civil war started yeah <laughs> different reasons behind it i do want to stress sure that. Like, yeah there, there's that, some very different reasons yeah. behind that which very uh, different should reasons. be very clear to everybody absolutely <laughs> but um, it still is yeah though that's that's what you've seen previously in this country it's what you see with you know <sighs> that's where the majority of the actual big conflicts will start if something like that ha if you do see a secession of a state um right. Or even, I think, probably loud murmuring about secession of a state. Yeah. If, like, or, or if even, like, state of Jefferson decides they don't want to be part of the Union anymore, and, you know, like, Redding, California, up to, like, Ashland, Oregon, decides, like, they fucking, <laughs> we're not part of the country anymore, and just leaves to make their own, I assume, white ethno state, because that's... Uh, I, I don't think that's a fair way of characterizing. Um, no, they're just more the libertarian... They mostly just want to be left alone. Yeah, uh, yeah that's which true. I, 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 I get that. that much. Um, I like. There's some definite. There, there's definitely some reactionary conservatism down there. But I, I think, uh, I think that's one possibility. I think another real possibility is that, um, you know, depending on the the state governments, they may. Uh, they may start to angle toward uh, just effectively being independent while not talking about any you know any formal change in relationship uh, to the federal government um, because that's already been happening a little bit in some ways. Yeah, and there, I, mean, and, I think there's been yeah. a push because we've seen the government for. I mean, it's 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 a key thing the federal government does is they impose programs across the country by saying if states don't cooperate with them, we're going to cut off your funding. That's, yeah, that's something they've done. And if now they're just like, well, we're just going to cut off your funding arbitrarily because we don't like the fact that you're a, a blue state, right? Um, that is going to change that relationship a lot. And if states become more self reliant, it's going to be harder for the federal government to actually put real uh, to impose real power on them. Uh, right. absent some sort of actual you know like tariff system between states which boy that would go well mm, um yeah <laughs> good luck um i so i i see that as uh as a more likely possible future than uh than secession um and it's in and what you would see is with different states it would be different relationships and it would be all muddied up by all sorts of policy disagreements but i think we see the stage for, the stage for this was being set by the uh you know by the trump administration long before especially with their uh you know that that they absolutely despise sanctuary laws um, oh yeah well the, so, the thing is I, okay the, the, the they I still believe they don't despise sanctuary laws. They just know how to throw red meat. Perhaps um, they certainly use it to gain political points. I I agree, uh, but I but I think though that that is setting the stage for uh, that that had set the stage for now as this is you know this conflict between some states and and the feds starts. Um, 
So what you could see is, and California is obvious, you know, California, maybe New York, uh, are really the states that are best uh, positioned to be able to build de facto independence because they just have so many people and lots of wealth and a large tax base and and also they stuff. have pretty like uh, I'm something like New York was um uh, it was Bloomberg that like bragged about NYPD being his own private army was that him or was that Ugh, Giuliani that that was um, Bloomberg yeah yeah but I mean but like but honestly yeah if you're talking about like you know new york state essentially becoming its own you know governing itself um, yeah. without any oversight from the federal government i mean they, they do have like essentially a military infrastructure that could support that as well if there were any sort of like large conflicts they wouldn't have to rely on federal like defense for majority of things they have the infrastructure right. there to like to actually i mean that's one of the main things that states in theory are for is provide military defense to the peoples of the state which yeah, we, we can argue about that, but that's theoretically. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but the I idea of that then, where it's, you know, you have a state that actually is able to really take care of itself without this, you know, over, you know, federal government on top of it. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, in particular, it's because California and New York have heavily developed administrative states. Um, so they already, like, they already have the form and the size of national governments. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, other states really don't have a have a a government that is as developed and wide reaching as those in California and New York. Um, so I think that's one possibility. Yeah. Florida's probably close. I I don't know enough about that. Uh, so. Yeah. Although, yeah. I don't, I don't either actually, but I just I just feel like <laughs> as far as as far as population size and. Um, I mean, the fact that they are like a, a major port area, yeah, um, with having the Gulf well, on one side and the Atlantic on the other. I mean, they really yeah. do have a massive connection to. And I, I have no idea. I have no idea how their bureaucracy functions. Um, I would wish I actually knew more about that. Yeah, I mean, Illinois, I guess that's also a pretty well developed uh, administrative state. Uh, and when I say, you know, and to be clear, like when I say well developed, that does not mean good. Yeah, um, administrative states in the states tend to usually just fuck over poor people and people of color and other marginalized uh, people. Um, so these are not good things, but uh, they do demonstrate that those individual states actually have the the structural power to be able to back up any like disagreement they have with the feds. Yeah. So. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know where any of that's going to end up taking us, but I think it's, um, <laughs> I think, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I, I think this this I mean, disaster it's... has shown us this this ongoing disaster is showing us that um, the feds aren't going to bail us out. No, they're not going to save us, and States that ultimately, won't save us. Bernie Sanders won't save us. No. <laughs> And the Democrats won't save us. <laughs> um, that we have to work with each other and rely on the people around us, um, which is why, you know, it's a long road ahead. Yeah, no idea where we're going. But we will get there together. <laughs> uh, all right. That's probably a cheerful spot to leave off. So everyone, thanks for listening. And... Uh... Tune in next week for some more hijinks. <laughs> and maybe even some hygiene. Yeah, maybe. All right.
Right. Yeah.